Good evening. You are tuned in to Black Talk Radio News. My name, of course, is Scotty Reed. I am the host of this here live stream and later for those who will tune in later on different platforms, the podcast. So it's been a while since I've been um, on air doing live shows. I've done a couple of podcasts. Um, I've been experimenting a lot with AI in so many ways and, and it just really prepared me to talk about tonight's program uh, some of you who follow me on facebook y'all know um i'm more of a writer these days than i am a talker but hey that doesn't work if you're going to be um you know managing black talk radio network but of course i've heard from some of the listeners who uh, said they miss my perspectives and you know seeing it live and so you know i got to come back you know for that and um just got a lot of things coming up um and the future looks bright well, let me go ahead and make this announcement uh i made the announcement on facebook and for those that don't know let me go ahead and give out the social media y'all can follow us on x and i hate i hate <laughs> i hate that um uh, elon musk is ruining twitter um okay i wasn't happy with the old regime they was involved in some shady things but he ain't no better you know what i'm saying he uh, yeah he allowed people to speak more freely on there than what the old regime uh, was doing. And, but, um, I mean, the hate speech is just, it's out of control. And somebody tried to, um, debate with me whether or not I was seeing all this right wing, uh, accounts coming across my for you Twitter, uh, page and whether it was the algorithm determining that because I engaged with these people a lot. Well, not a lot, but when I, I had been off of Twitter for two years, I was banned, or I should say Black Talk Radio was banned by the old regime. Elon did restore the account, okay? So I hadn't been on there for it to determine, you know, uh, politics, yeah, I do check that off as one of the interests and, and what have you, but I swear to you, I believe that I'm seeing a lot of right-wing content being elevated, you know? I, I really do. I see a lot of that content and it's just, it's a put off. And then his personal political views and social political views, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of his. Let me just put it like that. All right. But so what I have been doing in all this time is, is definitely navigating the AR frontier, right? And so AI, as I have been telling people here lately, uh, we always been using AI since the uh, computer age. What do you think a computer is but artificial intelligence? But I know right now, though, um, people is focusing on the advances in things like, say, for example, Grammarly, right? If you're a writer, okay, you write something, you just straight up write it. All right, you damn going through the normal process of using a human, you're going to edit it. That's, you know, writers, you read through your stuff at least three or four times, uh, check for grammar. But guess what? Uh, all these different word programs, um, whether you're, you, whatever, uh, suite you're using, Microsoft, um, they have a, a Google products as well. And so whatever you're using, you know what? It got a spell check. It has, um, a grammar check as well so in a way that that's like early infancy kind of i would say ai all right um and so 
I look at these AI writing assistants and there are so many different AI tools and I think some people is freaking out because it is kind of science fiction coming to life. But when has that not always been the case with the movies and technology? You know, someone in their mind creates, has this vision of, of whatever this tool is, whether it's a weapon, whether it's a vehicle where, you know, eventually that stuff comes to pass because that plants a seed in somebody out there who's going to really make it work. You know what I'm saying? They're going to build upon that visual presentation and, and take it further and take it further. So that's just how, how, um, things seem to work. All right. So, but, you know, I want to unravel the pros and cons. Um, I w wanted to give people an opportunity to talk about this and discuss it. Um, full disclosure. Well, let, let me just go back to the frontier part. So I've been out in the AI frontier. For those that follow me on particularly my private, not my private, but, but my personal Facebook page, Scotty T. Reed. Uh, of course, there's Black Talk Radio uh, Network also on Facebook. That's a page uh, on Instagram, Black Talk Radio Network. Um, where else? Twitter, I mentioned Black Talk Radio. All right. So some of you know on social media, I started using AI. When was that? Last year or something to to create art. And then I learned about, cause everybody talking about Bitcoin and blockchain technology and what have you. And then I came across this site, uh, that allows you to create and sell and buy as well. Cause I own a couple of NFTs. Um, non fungible tokens is what NFT means. Uh, those initials mean, but it's really, it could be anything you could upload. They was talking about, uh, one of them artists uploaded their whole album. I can't remember which one. And you could buy a piece of it. Uh, he uploaded it himself. You could buy a piece of it. It's an MP3 recording or whatever, um, um, whatever, uh, type of music file or audio file that he used. So, um, but that's some of the unique ways people was publishing books. And then selling them through NFTs and usually you're trading in Bitcoin. Well, you not Bitcoin, but, um, uh, digital currency is so many different ones. So I was off into that too, right? Cause I had to have a digital uh, currency account. I had Coinbase and I had to have that to have the voice account to publish the art I was creating, uh, with the help of AI tools. And then selling those, and I made as much as $2,000 in one year. And the majority of the money came off of just, just, uh, what was it? Four NFTs that I had created. It was a series, uh, in, of NFTs. And I made what? 500 on one, 500 on another, 250 on one, 250, um, on another, then I sold some other NFTs for smaller amounts, but the bulk of it came from just those four. And the thing that I learned about on that platform and the NFT world is for whatever reason, stuff can go viral. It's, it's just like social media. Okay. Um, and so things could go viral and it could blow up. And depending upon how you selling it, you can make a lot of money. You know, some people would get into bidding wars uh, people were bidding on some of the stuff that I published. So that was my really first delve into what we're going to call 
modern AI tools. And and man, and I'm a quick learner. I'm a tech not a tech geek anyway. Um, first started touching computers or working with computers actually uh, in the military in 1987 when I went into the uh, enlisted into the U.S. Army. Um, first time I used touch screens that was in the U.S. military. Um, then I was using some of the ancient stuff uh, like databases like MS DOS. And what, but that was the U.S. Army. It was my introduction to technology and then also into communications technology and to which I actually uh, published um, a technical manual on how to do a, a home uh, radio, digital radio station from your house and stream over uh, air over digital streams, just like you're listening to me now, if you're listening to the live stream on Black Talk Radio Network. So technology really excites me, and and I am one to always be one of the first to try something out, especially technology-related, uh, and especially if it's affordable. Um, that's one of the things I want to uh, uh, make clear from the beginning is it makes it opens up doors for the masses. Those who personally know me know I am not a wealthy guy. Uh, I'm not bleeding money or anything like that. Okay, so so you know I'm I'm a, a blue collar worker just like the rest of y'all, um, with a passion for radio, which led me in 2008 to establish the Black Talk Radio Network first, and then the Black Talk um, Media Project, but. I think that these tools can empower the masses in so many ways, empower people. And, you know, people keep talking about things becoming obsolete and what have you. And, but that's, that's, I'm sorry, but that's technology. But technology also creates jobs. It, yes, it, we can have to be honest. That's a con. It kills jobs. But let me use this as an example. I was talking to a friend about my exploration or experimenting with uh, chat GPT. And there was another tool, I think it's called Smolden. And so I paid for paid for these, uh, okay, just to try them out again. Um, you have to spend money when you're doing research and development. Uh, when you want to see if something could uh, work for you in whatever it is you're seeking, you know, help with. And, and so I started exper experimenting um, with those, and I talked to about, man, I don't know. There are certain things I didn't go to school for that I have a weakness in because we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And then as a small business with one employee, me, myself, uh, thank you to the, to the one volunteer we have right now helping manage one of our Facebook uh, social media pages, um, but it's just me. It's just me. And, and so I was saying, you know, some people would want to hire a business consultant or get somebody to write a business plan for them because they didn't go to school for this or they didn't go to school for that. Uh, they didn't go to school for marketing, but they got great ideals, right? They really do. And as long as they can, can communicate that ideal as they, as they would to, you know, their closest relatives and, and their friends and asking, Hey, what you think about this? 
Well, guess what? Now you can ask AI or a, a Word document program um, those questions. Hey, what do you think about this idea? How can I do? It's all about the input, people. It's all about the input. But getting back to it, empowering the masses, because the majority of the United States is working class people, as I was pointing out to a Republican in the state the other day, who want to talk about raising, it was what, uh, the Republican uh, Mark Robinson, Mark Robinson, um, and I'm not going to call him the C word, but he's a black person, he's a Republican, and he certainly is playing that playing that role but he was saying how much republicans in the state have saved us in taxes and stuff and i was like man gaston county just went up on our taxes what you talking about and the state minimum wage is still only 725 and that pro it's probably been that for 30 40 years so how you know but this is not a political program we're talking about uh a ai and and, and what have you and so the affordability chat gpt premium is just 20 bucks um smolden is just ten dollars well they got one higher than that but i'm just wanted to try out the ten dollar package and it could do a lot and assist you in many different ways uh, uh whether it's authoring helping you to author your books to revise your books to to what what you're already using word programs to do anyway if you're smart I don't think anybody's using typewriters these days. You know, we use we use keyboards. Okay, we use keyboards. We don't we don't use typewriters. <laughs> I just got a flashback to seventh grade when I to junior high or or what was it? I think it was junior. No, it was a middle school. When I had to middle school in Detroit because I took typing and um how fortuitous it was that I took it because then I later would use that in the military. It, it put me ahead. On, on this technology, all right? But again, the affordability. So if I can't afford to hire those people who went to school for that, guess what? I can get the AI assistant to do their jobs as long as I know how to communicate what it is I want. And and so with, with, with that being able to save people money, yes, it will it could, I'm not going to say it will, it could potentially cause some people not to even, you know, go into business management and get these uh, degrees and, and it might put some out of business unless, and I saw an ad for it tonight, because um, y'all know how the algorithms work. You you write about something, it's going to show you ads. So I'm on Facebook and guess what do I see? An ad where it was talking about Current business consultants, and pe and that would be people who also write business plans for you or whatnot, but them not whining about AI, but talking about giving classes to other people about how you can integrate it into your existing business. So, again, it's about a, uh, being able to adapt. It is being able to hop on what's new sometimes. That's a good thing. It ain't a good thing all the time, but sometimes it is a good thing. Um, so yeah, that's what, um, is on the agenda, uh, for tonight. And now with all disclo full disclosure, 
AI Strunk really assisted me in putting together this program, helping me with my show notes, helping me with my description. Again, all I had to do was communicate properly to it to to be clear on what I was looking for. And so it ha- it has the potential to also streamline the radio industry or media production. Will that cost some people their jobs? Because I used to have a volunteer human assistance. But again, if you don't have enough money coming in to even pay yourself, how you go pay somebody else? You know, it, it, things won't work. But because it's a nonprofit, it was making just enough, and I got just enough passion to keep doing something because I didn't start it for a monetary gain or I wouldn't have created a nonprofit. Um, but that's neither here nor there. But that, again, it speaks to affordability. I have been, when I first started, told black people this is a way to get back all the radio stations to, that we lost. Because of Bill Clinton and the Republicans, 1996 Telecommunications Act. So what do we do? We got to adapt, right? So we got to find technology. And I found this technology. And so early, when it just started coming out, these these platforms didn't really start coming out till 2007, 2008. And I started blogging. I mean, doing radio uh, over the Internet in 2007, and what have you, but me knowing how affordable it was, I was like, man, you know, we really can do a lot. And we have done a lot with a little bit of investment, done a lot to change uh, policy in this country through some of the programs that have aired. Shout out to all the past co-hosts of New Abolitionist Radio and, and uh, current listeners of that podcast, even though it's been off the air so many years is still so again that's that's what i really want to stress is it can empower people who maybe couldn't afford to go to college you know um or maybe they got gypped on the gi bill you know because like people talk that's like part of the poverty draft to get you to go fight in these unnecessary uh constant wars you know when it's working class people that's getting killed getting maimed getting psychologically damaged getting moral injuries and what have you um but um let me get not get off on that tangent but anyway this can we were able to reach millions of people over our 14 years of existence um, for, I mean, that's a lot of people for just a small one man, basically operation, except for the few clients that we have that are able to broadcast their streams themselves and, but uh, also post their podcasts. And, but that's a lot. That's a lot of, of listeners. And, and then, you know, there's the podcast. I'm not even speaking about the live digital radio station. And, and so, you know, a lot of black people are thankfully into streaming. Um, but Black Talk Media Project has a vision. But again, these are very uh, technology. It, it can be affordable. Okay. And, and it can empower poor people, poor and people who don't have, the, uh, what they call disposable income. All right. So, but again, I use AI to do as an assistant, like I would have asked my former uh, assistant to maybe do some things, but then she was learning from me. And so I was doing a lot of it. Again, I've given classes on, on how to set these things up. 
Um, but what would normally take me about an hour for show prep, for show prep, okay, let's talk about show prep in radio terms or even writing, because I was in a debate with someone on social media about AI where this woman was saying um, that she would never use it um, to write books, and she's written several. Um, be talking about the human element, but really, what do you, what do you mean the human element? Because the pieces that I've seen um, done by AI, you, I don't understand. You do know that you can edit what it spits out. It's more like a collaboration. It's not doing all the work for you. Okay. And, and, and so I add, you know, I just told it what I wanted, what I was going to talk about, gave it a few details, and then um, it spit out a show description for me, all right? And then based off of what it spit out, I was like, well, what about this question? You know, secondary questions. It's like I was interviewing it, and like I've interviewed many humans. You ask prodding questions, or if you can do this, or if you can do that. And, and it's really about the questions um, is what I'm finding. Um, so, so I used it to, um, you know, create the show notes. People that know what I'm talking about, there's been in the, certainly former Black Talk Radio hosts and current Black Talk Radio hosts, uh, or people that's been trained through Black Talk Media Project. Y'all know what I mean when I'm talking about show notes, right? That's, that's your notes that you would use in when you're communicating in a forum. Um, so yeah, I mean, it really saved time. So what normally might have taken me an hour to an hour and a half to do, I was able to complete this task in 20 minutes, thus freeing up a whole lot of other time for me to do some other tasks I might have to do. Okay. Uh, I mentioned AI art. I used the AI uh, AI art program to generate the feature image. You know, when you uh, um, read articles on the internet or you interact with pocket, there's usually graphics and stuff. And um, so I use AI. Since I now got experience with the with this particular platform, uh, AI art platform, and I told it, hey, black man collaborating with an AI robot. And then it spit out an image. And I thought the image would capture what I was thinking um, and was suitable to use for this program. All right. So see how it even affects this industry, whether it's saving a small business some money by not having to hire other people to do stuff, these little simple tasks that, that it could that this thing can do, this it, <laughs> this AI, don't get it twisted, it's not human. Um, we ain't hit, um, what, what is that, Judgment Day where AI takes over, what Skynet takes over. Um, I'm thinking about the Schwarzenegger uh, films, Terminator, the Terminator series. But interestingly, I'm, I'm glad I brought that up because it does have a potential. Again, things happen in the movies, right? And then it becomes reality, all right? And I had listened to, and I'm going to pull it up and let y'all listen to it as well. Uh, while, let me do that while I'm talking. Um, I, it, it's, it's a clip. Well, I have actually watched it live, C-SPAN um, live. 
I saw that they was having a hearing on AI. So I was like, oh, snap, let me, you know, let me check that out. And so I did, you know, and I was like, dang, did he really just say that? Did he really just say that that's a possibility, the Skynet scenario? And so, again, this I can see why some people are afraid, some for different reasons. I'm going to lose my job. Um, no, not if you adapt to AI and use it to do your job. You know what I'm saying? Show people ahead of time, hey, I can adapt. You don't think companies love that? Show your, that you're indispensable, you know, that, that you know how to be efficient. And you ain't got to have the fact that you're using a tool. Uh, believe me, I didn't work in the corporate world and, and done things like that. So uh, trust me on that. So let me pull up my history so I can quickly find the uh, exact video that I'm looking for. Let me see my history. But right then and there, though, there are things you can do to prevent the harms. Like, for example, you can't, the AI program I'm using, you can't, for art, you can't use it to produce new photos. You know what I'm saying? Not with a text prompt. You can't say, um, give me um, a beautiful, let's say, Hawaiian hula girl laying naked on the beach as the sun sets. And they have said it so that it flags, the program flags, the AI flags. No, you can't produce these type type of things. You know what I'm saying? And of course, people are always going to find ways around things and, and what have you. But there, but then you just refine, you know, how they're getting around it. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you resolve that itish, issue. Um, but yeah. Um, so there are safeguards and one of the safeguards to prevent a Skynet Terminator, um, uh, live action <laughs> from happening in the real world then guess what? Maybe we should pass some legislation or some laws banning um, these private defense companies, you know, um, that um, are just war profiteers. That's the word I'm looking for. They don't care. They don't care about either side. All they care about is, is you know, pleasing their shareholders and, and their salaries that they're taking home, you know, the CEOs and what have you, other uh, companies, the Raytheons and, and all the ones, you know, but perhaps we should pass legislation to ban that from that industry. That's how you would stop that right there. You know what I'm saying? So that would require real strong uh, regulation, possibly worldwide on this. So this might be something for the UN to possibly try to step in and, and also, you know, come up with something on that. But guess what, though? Uh, over a hundred and something companies you ban a technological advance in warfare by coming up with these cluster bombs because they're so dangerous. See, that was a technological advance right there to spread the damage zone. But what they found out is these things don't go off. So what, what, without me jumping into, you know, the U.S. policy of giving uh, Ukraine these cluster bombs, not caring, you know, why haven't they even, they should have been destroyed, though. But the U.S. doesn't have a ban on cluster, using cluster bombs. And so they just gave Ukraine their old stockpile that they had. 
because they created, there's been a new technological advance, but they're not giving it to Ukraine. They're giving it to the old, the old stuff, which makes it more dangerous because that means less, less of the little baby bombs is not going to explode for some kid to think it's some kind of ball or something pick up. Boom. You know what I'm saying? So, so what I'm saying is you can pass laws and what have you, but, um, it's really up to the world leaders, man. It's really up. But well, let me say it's up to the people who participate in voting, who put these people in power. Okay. So I'm, I'm not going to get in delve deep, uh, delve deeply into politics, um, with this, but you know, um, is so important because it controls every aspect of our lives. So again, let me, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble finding this video, but you need to listen to it because it was kind of shocking to me when I was watching it live. Uh, let me see. I, I watch a lot of YouTube, y'all watch a lot of news, listen to music, and I got to find it. Uh, listen to music, news. All kind of stuff. Do it your de- uh, do it yourself videos. Uh, it might be a faster way. Uh, let me see if I can search it. Let me see AI. Congre- uh, maybe I should have put congressional hearings. All right, congressional hearings on AI. All right, I'm looking for the small clip, but it, you can go to YouTube. I, I'm looking at the full clip um, or the full hearing. Uh, 1.2 million views. Uh, it's two hours, nearly three hours long. Um, I'm just looking for that seven minute clip, um, that I watched earlier. I think this is it right here. Here we go. Uh, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman says that if this technology goes wrong, it can go quite, quite wrong. So again, you know, I don't want to minimize people's concerns out there because I had these same concerns. I just communicated them to you um, that defense contractors should be banned from using AI technology. But I, if I'm not mistaken, it's already in use. Um, I was listening to this new this guy on YouTube uh, who does a report out of the UK covering the UK uh, Ukrainian um um the Ukraine Russia conflict and and um he was saying that they Russia had deployed some drones and he said it's not really new technology but you could can call it AI but really it's not you you know don't think of AI when you say artificial intelligence don't think of it as a person all right just think of it as machines that are designed with one function to do whatever whatever and and then in the case of these drones, they communicate with each other. So this technology had been used to put on light shows, like, you know, create art or images or a message in the sky with drones that light up and what have you. So imagine that against a night sky. And so Russia has adopted that technology because now we got these drones that explode and can take out tanks to where they just drop them like a cluster munitions. But these things hover in the air, communicate with each other, pick out targets and which one going to get which one and boom. Wow. So I don't know if that really class, um, 
uh, can be classified as uh, AI technology, but it, I mean, it's intelligent machine, right? Because they do communicate with each other, but again, they're just machines. They, they have been programmed in an intelligent way. So, um, yeah, open AI CEO Sam Altman. This is a seven minute clip. Um, it's on C-SPAN's, uh, YouTube channel. Um, but this is the part that caught my eye. So, um, actually what I need to do, cause I need to share this. Let me just pull it up. Let these, um, be able to get past the ad. Now, if you have a question or, or a comment, I should have mentioned this earlier. If you're on blacktalkradionetwork.com on the program uh, page for this particular uh, broadcast, then at the bottom you'll see the link to where if you have any questions or comments, uh, because I've been going at it for what, uh, only 34 minutes? All right, so uh, yeah, you can click that link. You do need the passcode to get into the Zoom meeting, and the passcode is BTR News, all lowercase. BTR News. So if you have any questions or comments at any time during the program, uh, you'll go into the waiting room. Okay. And, and I don't know if you'll still be able to hear like you do on some of those other like, uh, audio only conference lines. Uh, but once I see you in there and I reach a point where I can bring you in, I will bring you in. So this is something new. Um, something new instead of, um, you know, using phone systems. I'm, Try it with this, even though it does give me a phone number, but I didn't copy it this time. But anyway, moving on, let me go ahead and share this. With the audience that will be watching on video. And um, yeah, let's take a look at this. Or listen. Uh, I alluded in my uh, opening remarks to the the jobs issue, the economic effects on employment. Uh, I think you have said, uh, in fact, and yes, I'm going to superhuman machine intelligence is probably the greatest threat to the continued existence of humanity. End quote. Uh, you may have had in mind the effect on on jobs, which is really my biggest nightmare in the long term. Uh, let me ask you uh, what your biggest nightmare is and whether you share that concern. Like with all technological revolutions, I expect there to be significant impact on jobs, but exactly what that impact looks like is very difficult to predict. If we went back to the, the other side of a previous technological revolution, talking about the jobs that exist on the other side, um, you know, you can go back and read books of this. It's uh, what people said at the time. It's difficult. I believe that there will be far greater jobs on the other side of this, and that the jobs of today will get better. I, I think it's important. First of all, I think it's important to understand and think about GPT-4 as a tool, not a creature, which is easy to get confused, and it's a tool that people have a great deal of control over and how they use it. Uh, and second, GPT-4 and things other systems like it, uh, are good at doing tasks, not jobs. And so you see already people that are using GPT-4 to do their job much more efficiently um, by helping them with tasks. Now, GPT-4 will, uh, I think, entirely automate away some jobs, and it will create new ones that we believe will be much better. This happens 
again, my, my understanding of the history of technology is one long technological revolution, not a bunch of different ones put together. But this has been continually happening. We, as our quality of life raises and as machines and tools that we create can help us live better lives, uh, the bar raises for what we do and, and our human ability and what we spend our time going after uh, goes after more ambitious, more satisfying projects. So there, there will be an impact on jobs. Uh, we try to be very clear about that and I think it will require partnership between the industry and government, but mostly action by government to figure out how we want to mitigate that. Um, but I'm very optimistic about how great the jobs of the future will be. Thank you. Let me ask uh, Ms. Montgomery and Professor Marcus for your reactions to those questions as well. Ms. Montgomery. On the jobs point, yeah, I, I mean, well, it's a hugely important question. Um, and it's one that we've been talking about for a really long time at IBM. You know, we do believe that AI, and we've said it for a, a long time, is going to change every job. New jobs will be created. Um, many more jobs will be transformed, and some jobs will transition away. Um, I'm a personal example of a job that didn't exist when I joined IBM, and I have a team of AI governance professionals who are in new roles that we created, you know, as early as three years ago. I mean, they're, they're new and they're growing. Um, so I think the most important thing that we could be doing and can and should be doing now is to prepare the workforce of today and the workforce of tomorrow for partnering with AI technologies and using them. And we've been very involved for, for years now in doing that, in um, focusing on skills-based hiring, in educating uh, for the skills of the future. Our skills build platform has 7 million learners and over a 1,000 courses worldwide focused on skills. And we've pledged to train um, 30 million individuals by 2030 in the skills that are needed for society today. Thank you. Professor Marcus? May I go back to the first question as well? Absolutely. On, on the subject of nutrition labels, I, I think we absolutely need to do that. I think that there's some technical challenges and that building proper nutrition labels goes hand in hand with transparency. The biggest scientific challenge in understanding these models is how they generalize. What do they memorize and what new things do they do? The more that there's in the data set, for example, the thing that you want to test accuracy on, the less you can get a proper read on that. So it's important, first of all, that scientists be part of that process. And second, that we have much greater transparency about what actually goes into these systems. If we don't know what's in them, then we don't know exactly how well they're doing when we give something new, and we don't know how good a benchmark that will be for something that's entirely novel. So I could go into that more, but I want to flag that. Um, second is on jobs. Past performance history is not a guarantee of the future. It has always been the case in the past that we have had more jobs, that new jobs, new professions come in as new technologies come in. I think this one's going to be different, and the real question is over what time scale. Is it going to be 10 years? Is it going to be 100 years? And I don't think anybody knows the answer to that question. I think in the long run, <coughs> so-called artificial general intelligence really will replace a large fraction of human jobs. We're not that close to artificial general intelligence. Despite all of the media hype and so forth, I would say that what we have right now is just a small sampling of the AI that we will build. In 20 years, people will laugh at this, um, as I think it was Senator Hawley made the, um, but maybe Senator Durbin made the example about this. It was Senator Durbin made the example about cell phones. When we look back um, at the AI of today, 20 years ago, we'll be like, wow, that stuff was really unreliable. It couldn't really do planning, which is an important technical aspect. Its reasoning was ability. 
and reasoning abilities were limited. Um, but when we get to AGI, artificial general intelligence, maybe let's say it's 50 years, that really is going to have, I think, profound effects on, on labor. Um, and there's just no way around that. And last, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I will note that Sam's worst fear I do not think is employment, and he never told us um, what his worst fear actually is, and I think it's germane to find out. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Altman if he cares to respond. Yeah. Look, we, we have tried to be very clear about the magnitude of the risks here. Um, I, I think jobs and employment and what we're all going to do with our time really matters. I agree that when we get to very powerful systems, the landscape will change. I think I'm just more optimistic that we are incredibly creative and we find new things to do with better tools and that will keep happening. Um, my worst fears are that we cause significant, we, the field, the technology, the industry, cause significant harm to the world. Uh, I think that could happen in a lot of different ways. It's why we started the company. Um, it's big part of why I'm here today uh, and why we've been here in the past and we've been able to spend some time with you. I think if this technology goes wrong, it can go quite wrong. Uh, and we want to be vocal about that. We want to work with the government to prevent that from happening. But we, we try to be very clear eyed about what the downside case is and the work that we have to do to mitigate that. Thank you. And, and Listen, there's a good chance somebody's trying to hack your website right now. Okay, so yeah, you can find that clip on YouTube, on the C-SPAN uh, channel on YouTube, if you want to check that out. Uh, but some good points was uh, raised there. Now, um, the one guy who was talking about uh, Durbin and the cell phones and said people were going to look back, but he said, really, you know, we're in the, still in the infancy, but they're talking about Skynet-type capabilities where it's a sentient of uh, being able to think on its own and what have you. And I ha do recall reading some articles that that has happened. That I, I, I had to look that up. I didn't think about it when I was putting, uh, using AI to help me to put together the show notes. I did not think about that one story where this thing, I don't know if it was mimicking. But it was, it scared the programmers enough that they had to unplug it. Yeah, I'm going to have to find that, uh, after, uh, this program. I'm gonna have to look that up. Uh, possibly put it in the, um, description edit, you know, uh, for the podcast page on blacktalkradionetwork.com. Um, yeah. Um, but, um, he was right to raise those concerns, but he was like, man, we really in the infancy of this thing. So get ahead of it. All right. Now he, he was talking about, you know, we don't know the transparency. He was wanting the ingredients and what have you. And I was thinking, well, some of the AI programs I've come across are open source technology. So that means other people anywhere in the world can get that source code and then they could adapt it to do other things and perhaps remove. I, I don't know how the original program, if it has any fail safes or anything, um, like that, but, um, you know, the open source stuff, people could, if they're, they had the skills, could use that. Like, for example, um, chat, um, uh, what is it? Chat GPT, what I've been experimenting with. So somebody asked a question. They said, Hey, where can I go to jailbreak an iPhone? And I, and so I asked the AI chat, I said, check, check this out. I was like, 
is it possible? What what does it mean when you jailbreak an iPhone? And then it tells me a, a complete description of what that term means in, in the process, but uh, in general terms, just in general terms. It is. So then I said, could you tell me how to jailbreak an iPhone? And it was like, sorry, I can't help you with that. So you can put fail safes in it, but let's say now Jet, um, Chat GPT is proprietary. So it's not open source. But what if, you know, one of these open source ones does give you that information or somebody uh, downloads the source code and then removes whatever's blocking it from giving you that information? See what I'm saying? So it's not the tool, it's how you use it. It's the people that use it. So, uh, um, you know, these concerns are valid, okay? Um, but it's not gonna stop it. It's not gonna stop progress um, in using it for good to enhance, you know, the jobs that you're already doing, uh, enhance the skills that you already have, um, make you a better whatever, you know? So, uh, but he was talking about uh, the ingredients, but let's go back to this is a, pro a pro proprietary um, information. And so chat GPT, well, too bad here in the United States, we prosecute whistleblowers when they come forward. You know what I'm saying? And I can't recall too many private company whistleblowers well, there's Edward Snowden, who was helping to spy on Americans through this private company that had been contracted by the U.S. government. All right, he was a whistleblower, and where is he at right now? He had to flee the country. I think he's in Russia. I think he was given citizenship in Russia. But he blew the whistle on that, and definitely they looking to prosecute him. And if he was to travel to a country where we have Reaper drones, then he would be dead. Because they certainly will be tracking and targeting him. So, like, if the government won't uh, prosecute whistleblowers, I mean, excuse me, won't stop prosecuting whistleblowers. In fact, they should be offering a reward. They should be getting medals, you know, for blowing the whistle on, on such malfeasance, such corruption, such law-breaking, you know? So, um... Unfortunately, in the United States, those regulatory bodies within the government, huh, depending upon which party is depending upon how they operate. And then a lot of these abuses have happened uh, with bipartisan support. Okay. Um, so government regulation, you know, is, and um, that's the only way I see stopping Skynet. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, these concerns are valid. So, but let's get, um, let's, let's get move along, um, to my show notes. Uh, let me check the time. I think we're coming up on the top of the hour. Yeah, we still got a few more minutes to the top of the hour where we will take a break, give you a chance to freshen up your drink, maybe go to the bathroom, take care of your business and what have you. But, um, Let's move along with this uh, presentation, basically. Again, let me go to my show notes. So, again, I use the AI assistant, full disclosure, to uh, help me 
uh, to assist me with putting together this program. And so again, I basically was interviewing the AI. So I will ask the questions. I will give you the questions that I asked it. And then you can um, see its responses. You know what? For those on, on the video, I'm going to go ahead and give you a shot of my screen. And that's one thing people can't say that you haven't learned something from Black Talk Radio Network. And again, if you've learned something, if I shared knowledge with you that you was able to jump on, take advantage of to improve your life, make a donation to my favorite cause, which is Black Talk Media Project. Okay. Well, my favorite cause is abolition. Um, but I use Black Talk Media Project as a vehicle to engage in, um, abolition through the media. All right. So, uh, make a donation. You go to blacktalkradionetwork.com. Also on Cash App, that is dollar sign B T M P and the P you just right now project. So that's B-T-M-P-R-O-J-E-C-T. B-T-M Project is our cash app. Um, so uh, let me share my screen so I can share my show notes for those watching the video version of uh, tonight's broadcast. So let's see. We want to go here to AI show notes, right? And, you know, I'm using Zoom, again, adopting technology you know, with other technology to, you know, just get creative with it and to create, you know, platforms. Um, and this is a communications platform, but they're even uh, having adopting AI assistance with these Zoom conferences and stuff. So, okay. So this is what I asked and I use chat uh, GPT. Um, what are some of the facets of the world of AI technology. And so this is what it spit back at me. It said, the world of AI technology encompasses a wide range of facets, each contributing to its vast and transformative landscape. Here are some key aspects. Number one, machine learning. This facet focuses on training algorithms to learn from data and improve their performance over time. It includes supervised learning, unsupervised learning, and reinforcement learning. And, and the woman in the hearing was just speaking about how they're training people, her company's training people, and she's projecting millions of jobs to do these type of AI-related jobs. So, you know, that's, again, been with technology. You know, yeah, it might phase out some simple tasks. Oh, I shouldn't say it's simple, um, but phase out some tasks and, um, and automate it or whatever, but those sometimes machines break down you know what i'm saying and um they need programmers and what have you so anyway um that kind of speaks to what she was talking about uh how they're using it to teach people so machine learning then it was talking about natural language Tra processing nlp um nlp I'm not sure yeah natural language processing is what nlp <laughs> means come on scotty Enables machines to understand and interact with human language. Applications include chatbots. That's what it, that, that story I was talking about referencing earlier. They were, had built a chatbot and then it says some scary stuff and they killed it. They killed the program. And, um, so yeah. And so, um, where was an, uh, applications include chatbots, language translation, uh, sentiment analysis and voice assistance. 
okay? Um, I don't know what they mean by voice assistance instead of maybe the little handheld voice box for people who um, have had their vocal cords damaged or removed. You, y'all seen them, them commercials about smokers and stuff and, and, rah, 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 and how they be talking through those things. Uh, it's not funny. I shouldn't be laughing, but uh, I was laughing at myself. But anyway, so I guess it could be used like that. A sentiment, a, na- a sentiment analysis. Uh, that sounds like, like, well, what I was thinking about earlier about, um, you do plagiarism checks. You can use AI to do a plagiarism check. People's like, oh, this is going to make it easy for people to plagiarize and stuff. Um, no, you give it some information. It'll give you some stuff. It might, you can tell it some programs. You could tell it to provide the sources and it'll provide you with links to the source material. But like I told people, that's what normal human writers do. It's no different than a ghostwriter hiring a human ghostwriter or hiring an assistant to find these links or, or whatever, you know. So it does give citations. And in fact, I would call it, it could give, create a Wikipedia page, you know, where, where it has like, you know, the citations, you click on that, it'll take you to where the source was. So, uh, and then let me make this point too. For people who want to say this is cheating. No, it, I don't look at it that way. But guess what? If I'm not overstating and misremembering, uh, I think they did, there was a study of valedictorians, you know, top grade earners in high school and in college, and 50, at least 50% of them admitted to cheating their way through school to obtain the grades that they did. What are some of those ways? Okay, they ain't have this technology back then. What would they do? They hire somebody to write their term papers. A human was doing that job. So um those guys about to lose their jobs. You know what I'm saying? They write term papers so that high school and college students can cheat. So people have been doing it, finding ways to cheat all through life. But don't feel guilty about using this tool like you cheating. You not. You're using a tool. And, and these people in these universities and in these professions, I mean, this one um, client I used to have, she had a radio program, told me years ago she lied on her resume all the time to get a job and would get the jobs and hold on to the jobs because she was a fast learner or whatever. People be lying all the time. I'm not telling you it's cool to do that because I've never lied on a resume or, any, or falsified, you know, my employment history or anything like that, you know. Um, and speaking of, you can get AI to write you a resume to assist you. Let's say assist, assist you in writing a resume. Again, this is invaluable tool for, that can empower people who don't have a lot of money to hire people to do these things for them. All right. Um, so natural net, we're on two natural language processing. Then also, um, you know, I've used Google Translate. When I would be like chatting with someone who speaks, doesn't speak English and I don't speak Spanish, I have used that to communicate with people real time. You know what I'm saying? Just copying and paste, writing what I want in Google Translate, uh, translate this into Spanish, then copy that to the chat box. Then that person doing the same. So this right here, you, let's say I did, I published an article again on the topic of artificial intelligence talking about the pros and cons 
Um, and I believe I used the AI to read, you know, to do the podcast with uh, uh, AI voice to do the podcast again, experimenting and what and what have you. Um, but yeah, you I could take that article and or essay and just copy it and paste it to the AI chat box or whatever uh, you're using and tell it to translate this into Spanish. Translated into Arabic, translated into Uyghur, whatever, Farsi, whatever. And then guess what? Now you just quadrupled your audience because everybody's not in, uh, speaks English. So your reach, you're able, man, this is very powerful. You know, again, these technologies already existed. We had Google Translate. But now you could just, you know, just take everything that you've written because you can only put so many characters into Google Translate. Like, I don't, I don't want to give a number because I don't know the exact number, but you're not going to paste the whole article in there and get it to translate to uh, Spanish or whatever. So, you know, this is how far they're coming along in that area. Uh, three, computer vision. Um, never heard of this term. Computer vision enables machines to interpret and analyze visual information from images and videos. It finds applications in facial recognition, object detection, autonomous vehicles, and medical imaging. So I saw this YouTube video about the Jason Aldean, not YouTube video, TikTok video. This girl was breaking, this lady was breaking down that video and the imagery he was using. And she was using AI to find out where that footage came from. And she was able to find out that some of them riots was in Ukraine. You know, that 2014 coup that you don't hear a lot about and how they were, you know, attacking Russian speakers. And, and oh, man, it was plenty of violence. Not neo-Nazis, white supremacists out there attacking and killing, man. They burn up these 28 people in the building. You know, it's like political rallies and then it turned violent. And, oh uh, man. And, and so some of the rioting in Ukraine, that's where some of that footage he used for that racist video came from. And then another, um, uh, shot was from G7, um, protests up in Canada. Y'all know the G7, the seven European nations that get together to practice white supremacy. You know, uh, to plot and plan. Oh Lord, they didn't got AI tools to do it. So we got to use AI tools to combat them. Right. But anyway, yeah, that's where the video came from. A protest in Canada. And I did note that a lot of those people, the majority of those people was white, but that's not to say that that couldn't have been in shot in the United States because Black Lives Matter protests had a lot of white people out there in them streets, especially Seattle. You probably all you saw was white people. With maybe one or two, you know, persons of color, uh, melanated people in the crowd. But from her analysis using AI, she, I mean, she even broke it down like by, um, the, the type of business it was. You know what I'm saying? The restaurant, the restaurant name, the image of the restaurant. It was able to find advertisement. You know, they used this, they, a similar image. Somebody took a picture. You know how you post stuff for your business online and AI found it. Oh, that, that's where he shot that video from. And then another one, I believe was from maybe the UK, maybe France, but it was all European countries. So there, there you go. Computer vision. 
enable machines to interpret and analyze visual information from images and videos. You can use facial recognition. You know, uh, here in North Carolina, maybe if you have a North Carolina driver's license, you may not know this, but if you take your driver's license and you hold it up to the light and tilt it a certain way, you'll see that they, that your face is mapped. Your image is mapped for facial recognition technology. We, they just haven't implemented yet to find people that we know of. But again, if they start adapting AI technology, man, this is like big brother. So again, maybe we need to pass laws and regulations that are strong regulations if law enforcement is going to use it. You know they are. You know they are. So let's not just think about how, how, uh, people who are struggling out here, um, and sometimes they're forced to commit crimes of survival or whatever. Um, you know, think about and how they might abuse it or how a terrorist organization might remove, uh, um, uh, uh, barriers to them, uh, being able to ask the AI, um, program how to create IEDs, you know, improvised explosive devices. So again, I'm sure you can look that up on chat, uh, uh, GPT. It's not going to tell you how to create, uh, improvise. Um, so again, this safeguards already in place. Is that to say that they're foolproof? No, that's not to say that, but what's going to happen is going to happen. People determined enough, um, will find a way. So number four, robotics. I'm, I'm going to speed it up. Where are we? Okay. We're at the top of the hour. Um, I'm going to take that break I talked about earlier, uh, play some jams for y'all. Uh, you're tuned in to Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. Uh, I don't have a regular schedule, so I guess, you know, you should just follow Black Talk Radio Network on Facebook, on Twitter, um, you know, uh, but I will try to be on more often. In fact, I got an interview coming up Thursday. Hope y'all check that out um, with a very interesting activist. He's a little older than me. Um, but he grew up in, uh, Los Angeles or either Oakland. And he was in those programs, those survival programs that the Black Panther Party created, you know, feeding, giving them kids breakfast and what have you. You know, they were the first ones to do it before the government adopted that. So he, you know, and he became an activist. He was with the Black Autonomy Federation. Um, I'm not sure if they're still active. We'll ask him or whatnot, but my, my man Ross, Nuckashore, and I probably messed up his name, but he'll be coming on, you know, to just talk about social political stuff. And I really want to focus on him, you know, to get to allow him to share, you know, his story uh, with the audience. So, yeah, that will be eight o'clock p.m. Um, this Thursday night, uh, Black Talk Radio News on the Black Talk Radio Network. So, um, when we come back, we'll continue to list robotics, expert systems, neural networks, data mining, uh, recommender systems. Again, some of these words are new to me or terms I've never heard because again, I'm exploring. I'm exploring, uh, trying to learn the technology. All right. So y'all stay tuned. We will be right back on the flip side again. If you appreciate the work that um, I put in, uh, please consider making a donation to the Black Talk Media Project. 
And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. Scotty Reed on the mic, coming at you from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. I bet y'all ain't heard that in a long time, have you, uh, Black Talk Radio family? But yeah, um, yeah, broadcasting to you live from the state of North Carolina. So let's get right back into it, shall we? Um, so we left out on number four which would be robotics. So uh, let me go ahead and clear my screen and let's see. Robotics, AI-powered robots can perform tasks in various industries such as manufacturing, healthcare, agriculture, and exploration. But you know what? They left out what the AI left out. And again, you can enhance it. And I did, you know, add some stuff, but I didn't think about this at the time. Um, um, Military-industrial complex warfare okay have we not seen the movies you know i i can't think of the name of this movie but it was a movie where these trained soldiers were given this fake mission to go in and and rescue somebody and then they started being attacked by robots intelligent robots you know and don't again we see stuff in the movies first in terms of technology science fiction these type of movies and then before you know it, it's a reality. Just like, you know, the Jetsons. When I was a kid watching the Jetsons and they talking to each other on the screen, um, never thought that I would be around when, hey, that's a reality, but it is now. FaceTime, Messenger, uh, Skype, you know, video. It's so many different, uh, video, uh, conferencing systems out there. Uh, Zoom, you know, what I'm using right now. Um, so, um, but, I can see that. So again, it goes back to regulation. And sadly, I don't think the United States government as well as other governments do enough to regulate the quote unquote defense industry, which is really when we're talking about the uh, nonstop wars the United States have been engaged in, you know, wow. So I see this happening. Well, some people might argue, well, save lives. We wouldn't have to send our soldiers and then they could just go and kill, you know, those non-white nations that, you know, they not able to afford to buy from the people we buy from. The people that we regulate and say who they can sell to. So then guess what? You don't need soldiers. In fact, in fact, again, you know, as a former uh, uh, combat veteran, Russia has just created another drone. If reports are true, and this is a pretty large drone, this drone could seat a person, but it don't. It, and it's way big. It looked like a stealth bomber, those stealth bombers, and it is a bomber, and it could launch missiles and whatnot. But it's said to be AI powered. So not just to be picking on the United States, other governments that can afford it, and are already, you know, technologically advanced and had the infrastructure, man. They are already moving on this stuff, man. And and so again, I would bring up the UN, but who pays attention to the UN? Okay, human rights charter get violated all the time. It's again politics, politics, people in power, blackmailing countries, holding aid over their head. Hey, if you don't vote this way, uh, you gonna have some starving people at your gates, at your presidential palace or whatever, you know? 
But uh, getting back to robotics, you know, um, police are using them. You know, they used it to blow up that um, U.S. Army veteran who attacked some cops, I want to say in Dallas. And they used a, a robot, you know, to take explosives and find him and blow him up. This is the LAPD. I mean, not the LAPD. This is a police department. This ain't a military unit. This ain't a military. See, that again, that's the issue we have, the militarization of police in the United States. So just think about the horrors of what they are. They already screwing over a lot of us all, man. Ugh. People do have a reason to be alarmed. So that's robotics. Number five, expert systems. These are... These are AI systems designed to mimic the decision-making abilities of human experts in specific domains like medicine or finance. So, again, I think this is like asking questions and learning, um, but you're they're modeling it after. Um, I mean, a human had to input the stuff, but I guess they figured out a way to analyze patterns in a way um noted physicists or noted scientists um thought their thought patterns and what have you um which kind of leads us into well let me stick with expert systems like medicine or finance yeah you know think like alan greenspan think like warren buffett or whatever you know, what decision would they make? Would they buy this stock or not? You know, the possibility, again, it's what you put into it, what you ask. And so I guess specific, I could already see a company being created that picks stocks for you using <laughs> an AI algorithm based off a of analysis of, of years of data, decades possibly of someone like the decision making, uh, decisions made by people in, uh, like Warren Buffett. Wow. So neural networks, number six, neural networks are a type of machine learning model inspired by the human brain structure. They're used in various AI applications, including deep learning. Uh, that's kind of redundant. It goes back to machine learning, data mining. Um, you know, that happens now. Um, people, you know, stealing data. And then selling your data. I was reading about this company being sued, this, this insurance company or this hospital was selling, uh, patients data to Facebook. Yeah. Look it up. Okay. So data mining probably going to get easier for them. Uh, AI techniques help in extracting valuable insights and patterns from large data sets, aiding businesses and researchers and making data-driven decisions. Well, that's kind of mimicking the same thing with the um, neural, no, the expert systems. So, uh, yeah, recommender systems. AI-driven recommender systems provide personalized recommendations based on user behavior, enhancing user experience in e-commerce, entertainment, and content platforms. Okay, so that just sound like a smarter way for the algorithm to show you ads, you know, or recommended products, you know, like when you go on Amazon and you're looking at one product and then it'll tell you at the bottom, hey, this product goes good with that or other other shoppers bought this with that and, and you know, trying to sell you more. Okay, um, nine, I need to move along. I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time 
um, with the sidebars, unless it's something I feel I need to share. But number nine, AI in healthcare. AI is revolutionizing healthcare with applications like medical image analysis, uh, drug discovery, discovering new drugs, uh, disease diagnosis, and personalized treatment plans. Um, and see here, since it mentions medical, um, a thought that I had, and this might be a little off topic, well, not really, but a thought that I have about healthcare, I like y'all talk about all these jobs going to be displaced, you know, people going to be displaced from these jobs unless they adapt and, you know, pick up the skills necessary for these, these new jobs. But if it's going to be putting masses out of work, um, we need Medicare for all. You know what I'm saying? And then it's not even going, it's going to cost even less for the government to provide all its citizens with health care by adapting these AI technologies. But you better believe there's politicians working probably right now to stop that from happening. Probably some right there in that hearing. Cause you know, some parties are, are, and it's, it's politicians in both parties that are corporatists, but it seems like the Republican Party is way too business friendly or corporate friendly or billionaire friendly, however you want to phrase it. And, 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 and this just reduced the price tag of being able to provide a pro, a, a program like Medicare for all. You know what I'm saying? Building on the Black Panthers legacy with their free healthcare clinics that they started in the hoods. All right. Okay. So, um, you know, can be used for good. That would be great. Prolong people's lives, quality of life by early detection, you know, save some lives. AI and finance, number 10, the financial industry leverages AI for fraud detection. It didn't say it will. It said it's doing it now. Uh, AI for fraud detection, risk assessment, algorithmic trading, again, stock market, um, and customer service autom autom automation. Okay. I'm already thinking, you know, um, those that are into the uh, digital currencies and what have you, um, that's like playing in the stock market. Certain digital currencies rise and fall. You know, a lot of people made a lot of money initially off Bitcoin. Then Bitcoin had a big drop. A lot of people lost billions and, and you know, now it's recovered. But that's, it operates the same way with the stock market. Okay. Um, and, uh, what else did it say? Customer service autom automation. Now, I've been seeing that for years already. You know, you go to these websites and it'll be a little chat thing and they'll act like you're speaking to a live person. No, that's, that's a, um, AI program designed to answer questions. Uh, that's simple. All right. So that can enhance a business. Reduce the need to hire somebody to answer the phones. Um, okay. Um, let me see. Let me move on. Um, number 11, autonomous systems. AI plays a vital role in enabling autonomous vehicles, drones, and other self-operating systems. So I was just talking about the drone technology that uh, Russia has deployed to the battlefield in Ukraine. Um, let me see. We all know about the automated, they talking about that's going to put truckers, uh, out of work and other self-operating systems and what have you. So again, what comes up into my mind, Skynet scenario. So, you know, talking about the pros and the cons. So some of this stuff, uh, some of these, uh, aspects of AI is, 
uh, connected or interconnected, I should say. So ethics and bias in AI. This facet explores the ethical implications of AI technology addressing concerns about bias, fairness, transparency, and privacy. So um, on the issue of privacy, like I deleted um, some things that I was engaging with the chat, with chat GPT with, and was like, so that's how you can protect your your privacy now. Did it keep a copy of it? But again, you know, it has terms of service and it tell you how the data is used. And I think it even asked me questions about if it could save my data and use it to help teach the AI, you know, because uh, people have a different way of communicating the words that they use. And so to help it understand everybody add to. So it asked me if it could do that. And I gave it my permission. All right, because um, I'm not asking it to make any IEDs so they don't have to call Homeland Security on me. You ain't got to worry about all that. All right, um, what else does it talk about? Uh, transparency, fairness. Um, again, it's people that's programming these programs. All right, um, just like I program this radio show. There's people programming these programs. And they can intentionally... Uh, tell a fi let's say a finance program that wants to do a risk assessment of whether or not it should loan a melanated person some um you know give them a home loan or whatever a mortgage or a car loan or whatever and this is happening in the real world where they have you know certain companies have discriminated certain banks have discriminated against black people Bank of America was busted doing that. Um, there here locally where I live, there was a, I can't remember the name of the car dealership, but they was found to have done it in Gaston County where we still got a racist ass monument to the foot soldiers of slavery and white supremacy, but that's a different program. Um, but anyway, yes, a person could intentionally, a programmer could intentionally inject biases into it. Or possibly it could learn from some racist mofos that's interacting with it. So, again, you know, these concerns are valid. Uh, AI and education, AI power educational tools support personalized learning, adaptive assessments, and intelligent tutoring systems. So, right now, I'm thinking about kids with autism or other learning disabilities. Because uh, humans can grow impatient. Humans can grow tired. And, you know, um, and people on the spectrum tend to be able to interact with technology sometimes better than they interact with humans. So I could see a lot of, you know, kids being homeschooled now. Um, and for those who are in the homeschooling, I see this as a way that you can enhance what you're offering us uh, and make what you're doing more efficient, help you to write with your lesson plans, help you to come up with curriculum again it's an assistant you have to know something about the subject or the topic that you want it to help you with you got to be able to communicate that effectively have some expertise yourself in order to get it to you know build upon that so it's about what garbage in garbage out you know simple um so i can see it strongly helping um, people with disabilities in education. AI and entertainment. AI enhances entertainment experiences through content recommendation, 
we already see that uh you know netflix this, we based off of your watch viewer history oh, we recommend this title you like a lot of action let's show you some action um you know films that you might like um so that's already happening uh let's see augmented reality that's sort of i guess with those little uh uh totally immersive headsets and what have you uh my grandson got one i forget what it's called uh, creative content generation. Uh, for example, I used the AI art program to generate this image for tonight's radio program. All right. Uh, uh, let's see. Number 15, AI governance and regulation. This aspect deals with establishing guidelines and regulations to ensure responsible AI development and deployment. So they're talking about self-governing coming up with um, these companies coming together to come up with some regulations, you know, the experts and what have you, and coming up. But that's sort of like self-regulation. And uh, maybe they can make recommendations about if we need to pass legislation. But again, uh, if you're if you're in a capitalist system, I don't trust you. I just don't. And he's saying everybody corrupt, but uh, it's a system that seems to breed corruption. Uh, but anyway... These facets demonstrate the broad and diverse application of AI technology, making it one of the most significant fields shaping our modern world. So, again, you know, adopt, adapt or die. And I'm speaking metaphorically, of course. Um, do you think this killed your career in whatever as a writer? Well, why don't you use it to become a more efficient writer? Again, these AI need for uh ai to spit out a script then i recommend that that writer has to have some experience to make his spit out a good script so again it's not doing all the work it's not coming up with the ideals you are inputting your ideals and it's just assisting you in making what you're looking for and again you can revise it and don't get it right all the time all right so um yeah, uh, I, it, there's things to be concerned about, but there's also um, things to be excited about in all those different areas I just discussed. So what then did I ask, you know, this AI assistant in helping me to come up with um, tonight's program? So I said, what breakthroughs, if any, has AI technology contributed to the fields of healthcare, education, and transportation? Can you provide examples for all three fields? Okay, you, you want to say, oh, these are different assets? So, okay, let's do a follow-up question. It's just like doing an interview when I interview somebody. Certainly, AI technology, it said certainly to me, yes, I can, I can uh, provide examples. <laughs> Uh, certainly, AI technology has made significant breakthroughs in the fields of healthcare, education, and transportation, revolutionizing the way we approach challenges and enhancing overall efficiency and effectiveness. Here are some notable examples for each field. Healthcare. Uh, A, medical image analysis. AI-powered algorithms can analyze medical images such as x-rays, MRIs, and CT scans with high accuracy. For instance, AI has been used to detect and diagnose diseases like cancer, fractures, and abnormal 
abnormalities at an early age, stage, improving patient outcomes. B, drug discovery. AI-driven simulations and data analysis have accelerated the drug discovery process by analyzing vast data sets. AI helps identify potential drug candidates and predict their effectiveness, reducing the time and cost required for drug development. But some just tells me Big Pharma is not going to reduce its drug power, uh, drug prices, just because they now adapt to AI to to uh, cut their costs, even fire some of these people that do that. They're not going to lower their prices. Again, you know, that's why we need legislation. And unfortunately, we don't have too many Bernie Sanders, you know, in Congress or in positions of power in this country. Um, so, uh, yeah. C, personalized medicine. Uh, AI algorithms analyze patient data, genetic information, and medical history to provide personalized treatment plans. This tailoring of treatments can lead to more effective and efficient healthcare solutions. Now, a thought as I was reading it that I had was when it was talking about, um, um, no, it actually wasn't talking about it, but the thing that came to my mind was, hey, AI, let me get a second opinion. You know, doctors tell you to go get a second opinion. They give you a diagnosis or what have you. Hey, you can go home. Okay, thanks, doc. I'm going to think about that, and I'll get back to you before I decide to have this procedure or take this drug. And you can go to the AI and ask for a second opinion. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm again, I'm experimenting. I'm going to ask these different programs I'm using, platforms I'm using, these sort of questions I, and, and what have you. So uh, drug that was drug discovery, personalized medicine, you know, probably could – you probably could ask it like, hey, I weigh such and such. I'm such and such age. My height is this. Uh, my ethnicity is this. Um, can you come up with a health plan for me to lose 20 pounds in 20 days? Or, you know, again, just imagine. Use your brain to come up with things you could ask and get an answer. What would you ask a human expert? Ask it. Intelligent tutoring system, that's kind of redundant. We were just talking about that in the education field, but it's giving examples. AI-driven tutoring systems. Wait a minute, I think I skipped the whole thing. Education, all right? A personalized personalized learning. AI-powered educational platforms adapt content and learning pathways based on individual student progress and preferences, catering to each student's strengths and weaknesses. Okay, uh, B, intelligent tutoring systems. AI-driven tutoring systems provide real-time feedback and personalized guidance to students, helping them grasp complex concepts improve and improve their learning outcomes. C, assessment and grading. So this is for the, the teachers and the professors. AI can automate, automate the grading process, freeing up teachers' time for other tasks and providing quick and consistent feedback to students. Uh, three, transportation. Autonomous vehicles, again, we talked about some of this. AI is at the core of self-driving cars, enabling them to perceive their environment, make decisions, and navigate safely without human intervention. This technology has the potential to reduce accidents and reshape transportation systems. So, you know, what's the movie I'm thinking about right now? Uh, one of the Godzilla movies, and it was the most recent one. 
where uh the guy who had the podcast, the black guy had the podcast, and then I forget that one of the main characters named the teenage girl, and they wanted to investigate this private company, <coughs> and they got caught up in there in a facility, and they jumped into this thing, and it turned out to be a transportation system and what have you. So, you know, don't need train conductors, don't need... Uh, any of that type of stuff. And, um, and, but that's the thing that's come to my mind when it talks about trans autonomous vehicles and, and reshaping transportation systems. So it's going to put some truckers in, in, and possibly again, if you saw how big this drone was that, that I saw, um, from this source on the Ukraine war that Russia has allegedly deployed. It's bomber class. It's big. So I can actually see some of these planes that's being used to transport goods um, become no need for pilots. No more, you know, uh, worried about pilots with substance abuse issues, whatever, or just plain human error. Or maybe they cheated their way through aviation school, you know what I'm saying, and was trying to fake it till they make it. So again, I could see this, see a lot of jobs being displaced, but guess what? Um, maybe they should adapt and, and learn how to program planes to do that or whatever. Yeah. Programming, program these systems, provide maintenance on these systems so it can create jobs at the same time. Uh, traffic management, uh, B traffic management, AI algorithms analyze real time traffic data to optimize traffic flow, reduce congestion and improve overall transportation efficiency. So that's like having red lights, smart red lights and stuff like that. I think that's, a, I'm reminded of a scene from a Terminator movie where they hacked into the uh, transportation uh, computer or whatever. And, and it was uh, doing stuff to the lights and, and they was trying to get access to another program. But yeah, in Terminator, they were saying that was run by AI. Right? It sure was. Uh, okay. All right. So traffic management, um, improve overall transportation efficiency. Predictive maintenance. AI helps predict maintenance needs for vehicles and transportation infrastructure, allowing for proactive repairs and minimizing, uh, downtime. I really can't envision how that can do what manuals already do, you know? Maybe it signals people, sends them, hey, you didn't do, it's time for this vehicle to have an oil change, or it's time um, uh, for these cables to be replaced in, uh, for the server or whatever, okay, for the robotic uh, system or on the um, 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 manufacturing assembly line, you know, so uh, yeah. Of predictive maintenance. So these examples do showcase how AI technology has transformed these fields by introducing innovative solutions, improving accuracy, and enhancing overall performance. As it continues to evolve, it's likely to contribute even more breakthroughs to various industries, making our lives safer, healthier, and more convenient. All right. So I asked it. Um, let me see. I think this is the last thing. No, it's actually a lot more. Um, so I'm gonna let y'all go to Black Talk Radio Network and read some of the rest of this cause, uh, I'm gonna go only two hours so I'll see how much I can, uh, cause some of this might be redundant, but 
I asked the question, what are some of the ethical dilemmas surrounding AI technology? And did these same dilemmas exist with other technologies that were introduced to the world? And it says, it says several ethical dilemmas surround AI technology, reflecting the complex impact it has on society. Some of the key ethical concerns include privacy and data security. That, that pretty much explains itself. Bias and fairness, uh, the racism, you know, racist people programming racist uh, machines. Um, job displacement, you know, we we know what that means. Autonomy and accountability. Uh, let me see. As AI becomes more autonomous, questions arise about who is responsible for its actions and decisions in cases of errors or accidents. So if Elon Musk, self-driven or autonomous um driving car and you decide to take a nap while it drives you to your destination and it runs off a cliff who's responsible for that i think the answer will be simple his corporation tesla will be um responsible so that's not really that big of a concern that's stuff that's happening now uh ai and warfare now this is the first time it mentions warfare i was ad-libbing and uh, saying, you know, I see where this applies to military uh, applications. But um, this is the first time that the AI was asking these questions uh, mentions warfare. It says AI and warfare, the development of autonomous weapons and military AI raises ethical dilemmas surrounding their use, potential for abuse and the lack of human oversight in life and death situations. Okay, killing people, you know, intelligent drones. I'm going to just, uh, and, and then, okay, this crossed my mind. I don't know if y'all ever heard of the PNAC papers. Uh, PNAC stands for Project for a New American Century. And it was, it was, it had a board and, and people who signed on to it. I first became aware of them in the nineties during the Clinton administration because they had sent Clinton a letter. Um, pertaining to, I think, bombing Iraq, um, going to war in Iraq or whatever. Um, but it was people like Paul, not, I don't want to say Paul Wolfowitz, but it was a Wolfowitz. I think he ended up being on CNN, but a day, a, a right wing hawk, um, just a who's who, Jeb Bush was even on there, but some really sinister, more sinister, uh, right wing figures also signed this paper. And, and it was a, you know, it was like, let's just call it like a, a book, but they call it a paper, right? And within that paper, it talked about developing bioweapons that could target people by their, down to their eye color. You know, hey, go kill, let's, kill. but what they, the way it was framed though was like a poisonous gas, for example that only kills people with brown eyes or kills people with a certain level of melanin or kills people um, with long hair, just whatever. Again, I'm reminded of the movies. Uh, let's go to one of the Avengers movies and the guy had hijacked one of them airships and programmed it to target all these different people on earth. Uh, was that AI involved in that? Was that, um, I want to say Ultron, maybe? Um, the self-aware robot in the, in that series of Avengers movie. I just watched earlier today the age of Ultron. Um, but I'm not sure. 
But that just came that just came to my mind. You know, um the PNAC papers talking about killing people based on race. These are people who have held high level government positions. Governors of states sitting in presidents' cabinets and and what have you. And and so in warfare, I could see them developing AI, what if you could program a drone to kill every white person that it comes across? To shoot every white person, you know, based off of imaging. You know what I'm saying? A visual imaging. Hey, if this person lacks melanin, take them out. And vice versa. So, um, yeah, yeah. I'm really scared, man, because there are no depths to which white supremacists will sink in exterminating people they see as being uh, undesirable. I mean, they practice it already in immigration policy. They practice it in, in who they target the most for these prison plantations because they never abolished slavery, you know, um, in, in the legislation. So anyway, very concerning. So, um, AI and human relationships, um, dating sites, matching people, transparency, number seven, transparency and explainability. Um, AI algorithms can be highly complex, making it challenging to understand their decision-making process fully. Again, these are ethical dilemmas or concerns. This lack of transparency can be prob- problematic, especially in critical applications like healthcare and finance. Um, regarding the question of whether these ethical dilemmas existed with other technology, Technologies. History shows that the introduction of new technologies have often brought about similar ethical concerns. And they gave some examples. Uh, one, internet and privacy. Two, nuclear technology. The development and use of nuclear technology presented ethical dilemma. Man, again, the movies. Who they just making a movie about celebrating, possibly sanitizing? Uh, Oppenheimer, you know, the people that dropped, that created the atomic bomb that was dropped on civilians in, in Japan during World, World War II. Very unethical, very, I mean, you just kill these people, uh, uh, with this bomb, man. In what? In, in, in the name of saving these white boys, right? Cause you need the white boys, the working class white boys that you drafted in order to keep yourself in power. And what have you, and you wasn't willing to lose too many of them. See, that's what they concern. They have expressed concerns about today about their death rate. Their birth rate is below their death rate. Well, again, maybe if you wouldn't keep sending working class white people to war and getting them killed and, and what have you and messed up in other ways, um, you know. Uh, oh, but again, I'm not. I'm not saying that all white people are racist or or whatever. But it's sure enough of them that's voting for people and supporting people like Trump and DeSantis. And actually, I published a podcast today about those two that included references to those two. It wasn't about them, but it made reference to them while I was talking about racist immigration policies and how their family barely made it in, their ancestor barely made it in, and how they came after the Civil War. But let me not go check out that podcast. Anyway, uh, moving on. Genetic engineering. The field of genetic engineering sparked ethical debates regarding the potential for modifying human genes, cloning, and genetically modifying 
uh, organisms. All right. Explains itself, social media and manipulation. The advent of social media and online platforms brought ethical concerns about data ma- manipulation, fake news dissemination and social media addiction. And then, you know, if you want to give people things like freedom of speech, which certainly I, I support and what have you, you got sites like the onion that tell you they fake news or whatever. Um, politicians lie all the time. The government, uh, produces disinformation and they work in tandem with, with, uh, corporate news organizations to produce propaganda to get the U.S. public to buy into wars. Now, that's the most, that's where I see their biggest collaboration is convincing working class people to sacrifice their sons and their daughters in their own lives, you know, to, 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 get college money or whatever. So um, let me not go off on that rant. Um, but again, it is on intelligent people to do their research and not just believe everything you hear on Fox News or not believe just everything you hear Rachel Maddow talking about in her Russia gating and whatever. Do your own damn research. But it's these things are inedible. You can't stop it. It's going to happen. That's what they call consumer education. You consume media. So you need to educate yourself on the media that you consume in. Okay? And be able to critically think and be objective, removing your own biases. Oh, I'm going to listen to Rachel Maddow trash Republicans because I don't like Republicans. I like Democrats. And so whether she lying or not, I'm going to buy into it and help her uh, promote it by sharing it on social media because I want to hurt Republicans and vice versa, definitely vice versa. Okay. So there are some things though, that it's on us to solve. Now you can't change the hearts and minds of everybody. You can try. I've actually seen a TikTok where a dude asked the AI how to solve racism, white supremacy, and it spit out a essay. It really did. So anyway, moving on. Um, let me see. In each case, society grapple with ethical implications of new technologies, leading to discussions, debates, and establishment of regulations to address these concerns. As AI technology uh, continues to evolve, it is essential to engage in ongoing dialogues about its ethical implications to ensure responsible and beneficial deployment. And um, I have, what, uh, about 50, uh, 11 minutes left. Uh, let's see if I can get through the last question that I asked it. So I asked it straight up and we already have discussed this throughout the broadcast, um, you know, in sidebars, but what jobs may be potentially lost to AI technology? That's what I asked it. So it said AI technology has the potential to automate various tasks and roles across different industries, which could lead to certain job functions being displaced or transformed you ain't got to fire them you just got to teach them how to use ai to be more efficient um some of the jobs that may be potentially lost to ai technology include routine and number one routine and repetitive tasks jobs involving repetitive and predictable tasks such as data entry assembly line work and simple administrative duties are susceptible to automation by ai power systems number two customer support we talked about that earlier um, virtual assistants are increasingly being used to handle customer inquiries. Facebook does that. 
um, reducing in, for those that have pages, right, and set up as a business, um, reducing the need for some traditional customer support roles. Three, manufacturing and warehousing, AI-powered robots and automation systems can take over tasks in manufacturing and warehousing, such as assembly, picking, and packing, transportation, and delivery. So it, I'm, let me stop right here. This is why it's important to tax these corporations and these billionaires and these wealthy individuals, because if technology is going, you know, if, hell, if we can't even afford to freaking live and losing jobs and what have you, what, what are we supposed to do? Just lay down and die? I'm not. I will, I will, no, nah, I'm not going to go there. But if I'm in a desperate situation, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to eat, to get some clothes. If I had to steal them off your clothing line, clothesline in your backyard. So, um, you put people in these situations, but, that's why we need social programs like the Black Panthers had these survival programs that the government adopted, but sometimes they fund it. Sometimes they don't. They make it hard for people to become eligible for like things like food stamps or whatever. But if we tax these things, you know what I'm saying? Or else we just going to have um, the haves and the have nots. And it's going to be, man, again, I can think of several movies that, that we could think, uh, uh, talk about, um, what is, the, uh, uh, it's one that I used to, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go there. I need to move on, but yeah, I've seen movies on there. I just can't think of any right now. Um, so transportation and delivery. Um, we talked about that data analysis. We talked about that, uh, retail sales, AI power recommendation systems and self checkout kiosks and retail environments might reduce the need for some sales in cashier positions that's been debated a lot. Walmart been doing that. People still talk about it. Financial services, some roles in, um, we know we talk about that content creation, AI generated content like news articles, reports and creative writing might impact some writing and con content creation jobs, or you can adapt to technology and become a more efficient writer or more efficient graphic artists or what have you get ahead of the game learn how to use these tools all right so uh what else it's important to note that while certain job functions may be automated ai can also create new job opportunities and enhance productivity in many industries jobs that require human creativity empathy complex decision making Critical thinking and interpersonal skills are less likely to be fully replaced by AI. Um, so maybe we need to start uh, teaching in our education system people how to critically think because we don't. We teach them how to do what they're told. We teach them routine. Bell rings, go to class. Bell rings, uh, check in to the job. Bell rings, go home. You know what I'm saying? It's training you like mice and, and what have you. Um, so a lot of people don't have critical thinking skills and that's why they vote for certain candidates that they vote to vote for and then are not intelligent enough to figure out why they living in a roach infested trailer with a food stamp card in their pocket or, or they just got reduced or why they couldn't qualify for Medicaid or whatnot. But they're going to keep voting in the people who cut those programs. That's because they're not able to critically think, right? And we don't teach that. Um, so 
is saying that AI can't replace those type of people who have those type of skills. More totally replace them. Moreover, AI technology can augment human capabilities and free up time for more strategic and creative tasks. It did it for me to produce this program for you tonight, this two-hour program with a lot of great information. Okay? So it enhanced uh, what I normally would do myself. Might take an hour, two hours, whatever, um, doing a lot of Google searching, reading all this and that. Might not get the right, pull up the right hour and wasted time reading this article. And it, it, you know, the headline was misleading. It's not even what I was looking for. You know, doing your research, what have you. So it saved me a lot of time. Again, what might take me an hour to two hours, I was able to do in two, two, 20 minutes using it as an assistant. But I've had a human assistant in the past, but I can do it just as fast, if not faster, than most humans I have interacted with. So, um, you know, that's just to say I haven't interacted with a lot of people. That's their specialty. All right. So anyway, um. As AA said that it concluded with as AI continues to evolve, it's crucial for individuals and organizations to focus on upskilling new term and reskilling um, and efforts to adapt, adapt to the changing job landscape and remain competitive in the job market. I think I discussed some of that throughout the program. Embracing AI as a tool to enhance human potential and productivity can lead to a more sustainable and inclusive future of work. Okay. So pretty interesting, pretty thorough information, right? So um, this is information that some people will pay for, but I just gave it to you for free. Um, so if you want to support future programs and the work that I do, um, through my media offerings, again, give to my favorite organization, Black Talk Media Project, a North Carolina based media organization with a vision to create localized media platforms, like at the county level or in a big city or whatever, but it's radio stations run by the people assisted with AI. I'm excited for the future, man. You know, I'm really excited for the future of AI and this tool and this technology and able enabling the masses to be better, do better in so many different ways. But again, lots of challenges or concerns that should be taken seriously. Um, but my biggest concern is these uh, corporations adapting uh, AI will be cutting jobs and not paying no taxes to fund social programs for those people um, who will be displaced. All right, so make a donation to Black Talk Media Project. You can go online to blacktalkradionetwork.com. Our cash app is uh, dollar sign BTM Project. All right, and every little bit helps. Um, and I'm living proof of that, or this platform's living proof of that, because uh, we are not raising millions of dollars to create African-American museums like some people out there or whatever. Um, and we do, it would be nice to have, you know, that kind of budget. But I got some things in the work, though. I'm about to take Black Talk Radio Network, the platform, private. And um, 
and based off of uh, the projections that uh, assistant helped me with, um, profits uh, is trending upwards in this industry, and it's time for me to stop um, shortchanging the services that Black Talk Radio Network um, provides, and so that it can then take a portion of those profits and invest in the nonprofit and, um, you know, empower the people through the means of media um, at the grassroots level. All right. With that said, peace and blessings to all. Uh, I'll see you Thursday, hopefully Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, I'm going to be interviewing a very um, caring person, a, a man who has shown throughout his life that he really cares about the black community and, and the indigenous community and just oppressed people everywhere. All right. Hope you learned something. Feel free to share it and ask others to support this platform. Peace and blessings to you all. Thank <laughs> you.